0: Welcome to another episode, episode 2 of Pluto and the Mundane. I know that in the first episode I called it turning points, but I think I finally settled on Pluto and the Mundane. This podcast is where we investigate what Pluto returns look like and how this energy shapes history. Pluto only uh, takes about 250, 249 years technically to revolve around the sun once so we know about um Saturn returns we know about Jupiter returns because they happen within our lifetime so there's enough um, information that you can look at what this will look like for you as it happens to you um but we don't really get to see what Pluto returns look like. We also don't get to see what, ne- uh, what Neptune returns look like because Neptune takes about 164 years to travel, but I think Pluto is really interesting. Pluto is this planet of transformation, it's this planet that represents death, it's this planet that represents bonding and just like intense sort of things. And like I did last time I'd like to read from the. so this one this is a description from planets in transit by Robert Hand and this is how he described Pluto the nature of Pluto is similar to that of the Hindu god Shiva the creator and the destroyer Pluto usually begins by breaking down a structure then it creates a new one in its place this entire cycle of death destruction, and renovation is accompanied by tremendous powers. For Pluto is not a mild or even a very subtle planetary influence. You can see its effects very clearly, ranging from machines breaking down and needing repair to full-scale destruction or death. Decay at one level or another, followed by new life from its old, typical plutonium process. So it's not a light planet, which is why I like looking at it. So for today, I want to look, um, should probably also say, my name is Agustina Cartagena and I will be your guide in this investigation to satiate astrological curiosity. I will get the intro perfect one of these days. I won't get excited and get ahead of myself sometime at some point in the future. But here. For today, I'm looking at the Joseon dynasty. The Chosun Dynasty began on July 7th of 1392, with king, uh, founded by King Yi Song Yi, um, which replaced the previous Korean Empire, which was the Goryeo. And its capital was in um, what is known today as Seoul, but back then it was Hangyang, and it had a couple of other names too. These the names for cities can just change. I mean. It is what it is. It's more about the place the people stay, but the names might change. What's that song about? Uh, Istanbul, not Constantinople. The reason, um, the reason why I went with the Joseon d- dynasty, is because I, these Asian old Asian dynasties, honestly had a lot of. They just have a lot of records. It was like, especially with Korea, the the people who were in charge were scholars. So they were expected to, like, write things down. And they had, like, a whole system of historians as well. I don't know how common that is, like, in Japan or in China. I know China has extensive records as well, for they also developed writing pretty early on and had it instituted. But Korea seems to be fairly unique, at least at this point. Like, they legitimately had historians that would oversee major meetings and stuff. Not necessarily private meetings, but definitely for, um uh state meetings and such so lots of records to pull from and they're pretty long-lived like the Joseon dynasty was 500 years over five centuries it only really ended due to the rapid modern modernization that was required in the 20th century and the, the birth chart for this <laughs> uh, has, uh, if you are watching in the stream, you can see, but the, the, the Chosun Dynasty natal chart had like three different planets in Taurus. That's that's very fixed energy right there, so there's it's not a whole lot of movement going on. Pull more into the birth chart, actually. There, they, this was a Neo-Confucian philosophy, so they really took Confucianism seriously. And let's see, the Sun represents the king or the monarch in mundane astrology. And under Confucian philosophy, the king had absolute authority, but officials were expected to guide the king. Natural disasters were thought to be due to the king's failing. So the Sun, like I said, is the role of the monarch, but the Sun is in Cancer in this it's at 22 degrees and 52 minutes specifically but you know if you happen to see the the live stream you can see it right there and cancer is about land housing opposition ruling power so it's interesting that specifically officials were expected to guide the king and if you're to believe the korean dramas i've been watching sometimes they were in the opposition of the king but you know they're they're not supposed to so whatever but let's let's be real power is messy (laughs) and nations are messy with power and shifting alliances and all these different things just so that they can have control over their lives and the people around them as much as possible it's nuts i don't i i like being a normal person is what i'm trying to say moon generally describes common people or the masses and the sign of aquarius describes lower houses of government so i would read this as that the common people had access to local government to sort of settle settle disputes or really like looked to local governments for um, settling those disputes and i found something really interesting specifically about Joseon Joseon dynasty and the the um court system i'll read this right here it's a short little paragraph uh, Chosun had an even more sophisticated system than the, uh, the Goryeo dynasty did. I'll give you some context. I'll read these two paragraphs. So Chosun had an even more sophisticated system in which civil and criminal cases were handled by local heads of administration, while the government of each province took care of the appellate cases in addition to the first instance trials for serious criminal cases. Royal secret investigators sometimes took charge of local trials, serving as a sort of irregular court circuit. Citizens who lost an appellate case against a governor were able to appeal to the central government's Ministry of Justice. The ministry handled civil and criminal trials in addition to general legal affairs, while acting as the final appeals court run on an agreement basis. Further, various government agencies carried out judicial functions. Saehenbu Rectified false charges. Han Seng Bu, city government of Seoul took charge of trials relating to family or real estate registration, and Yujibal handled crimes of the royal family members or treason. This is different from what the Goryeo dynasty was doing, which was just like local clan head was in charge of settling disputes, so it was very more of a local thing um, and then kind of like escalated. Depending on the class of person you were, it kind of just went up. It's nice that it really does fit in with this whole Aquarius and Moon thing. So in the birth chart you also have Mercury in Leo. This to me indicates a a robust literary canon meant for pleasure and entertainment. And specifically Leo energy is very much look at me energy. So, and keep this in mind, and and to me, that's interesting because Korea is also home to the world's first metal and copper type. So those little bits of copper and metal that had the characters of the Korean language on there so they could use it on the printing. So even before China really did, Um, which is when we're traditionally taught here in the U.S. when uh, that they had like the first written language and printing press and all that. But it doesn't super look like it, or at least there must be a distinction there that I'm not really understanding. Uh, Joseon also saw the development of the Korean alphabet, although they mostly used the Chinese alphabet to show education in class. So even though they <laughs> even though they had developed their own, uh, which is a huge accomplishment when it comes to nations, is to being able to develop your own alphabet. Um, they just used China's instead, which is, I mean whatever. I'm not, I'm not them. I'm a modern liberated, (laughs) liberated, quote unquote, uh, person. So, you know, can't really judge, but I'd be like, use your accomplishments, man. Um, let's see. Next we have a Venus in Gemini, which (sighs) it's sad because so women's is, um, so Venus rules, it, it kind of represents how women's lives are out, um, would be played out in, in this society. But also on, a, on another scale, it describes the birth rate, social factors around family, artists, musician, peace, and diplomatic resolutions. So in Gemini, and then Gemini rules a lot of, rules a lot of communications, education, news and just in transportation as well. Just think of like ways to exchange, different ways to exchange energies. That's Gemini. Ugh, the role of women during this time was just so rough, <laughs> man. So, uh, uh, by, to, to put it in perspective, by the end of the Joseon dynasty, they were, con- women were considered nameless. Because if anyone spoke about them, it was as so-and-so's wife, or so-and-so's sister, or so-and-so's daughter. They themselves never had a name. That sucks. But, to shift away from women's rights, which is something that I very care, very much care about as, you know, a woman. Let's just go to education. Gemini also rules education, and Venus is also the rule of family. So this, um, and... They had, an, so Chosun dynasty had a very extensive education system, but also civil exams, so you took tests in order to get ahead. It was still rife with bribery and cheating and all of this, so don't get me wrong, but the ideal of it is very nice, that anyone, if they can pass a civil exam, they can better their lives and get further up, further ahead in life. Uh, as an ideal, that's fantastic. Did it happen in practice? from my cursory research does not look like it but you know props and also it's very interesting that the birth chart does indicate that ideal and they did explicitly state that ideal oh there was something else that i thought that was really interesting is that this the the this role of women in society shows that there was a very strict adherence to neo-confucian ideals even to even beyond what china was doing at this point in terms of with with women's roles in their society like it was it was way more constricted but what's what's interesting is that in the birth chart we also have the ascendant in libra which is a bit tricky because of the birth time that i chose it could shift to like scorpio but with that ascendant and libra it's making me think and and because they had such a positive relationship with ming dynasty china it just kind of makes me think that it makes them want to appear even more like fair and following those confucian ideals and it does form a tri the the there is like this this triangle formed between the ascendant venus and the moon and they're all in the 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 air signs aquarius libra and gemini so there's there seems like there's something there but with the mundane there's there's more that i need to look at but this is very interesting we also have a mars and taurus part of that little taurus triad that's there ignore the part of fortune for those of you who can see the stream so i couldn't really find too much history well there's tons of history on warfare specifically so mars in mundane astrology it represents military, soldiers, war events, terrorist attacks, industrial disputes, conflicts, and fire services, oddly enough. But that's neither here nor there. And Taurus is really about the economy in mundane astrology. So theres not there wasn't anything I could initially find, but what's really interesting is that the fall of the dynasty can be directly tied to this event that I'll get to later on, where the king could not pay his soldiers because there was a crappy economy going on. So there, there, that is that is really interesting. And there was, an, uh, there was straight up a rebellion due to that. So I think that's, that's very interesting when you look at it that way. So we, and then next we have Jupiter and Aquarius. So Jupiter and the moon here are not in conjunction But they are in the same sign, and Jupiter, for me, what I'm reading this as is that local government is really so. Jupiter likes, is very philosophical, expansive. It's 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 generally considered a good luck planet, but it can be, the energies can be twisted. But with it being an Aquarius, it's it's like really emphasizing the rule of law, and ideals for the people, and for everyone really, because Jupiter. Aquarius is tends more towards common people, but Jupiter doesn't necessarily. Jupiter also describes the clerical class, but I, by clerical I also mean like you would be your monks and your nuns and stuff like that. Um, but in the Joseon dynasty, they literally did have clerks as a class of people or um, a work class, scholar class. So I, I just really read this more is that the judicial systems and the, the hierarchical systems really sought to uphold Neo-Confucian philosophies and to go, to do a, as best a job as they could to be fair during carrying out acts of justice. I mean, as fair as medieval governments could be. So, and I think considering the the... The judicial system that they did develop and put in place during this dynasty does speak to that so i'll say that's fair next we also have a a neptune in taurus which again i I, neptune in in mundane astrology is about progressive political ideals mobs secret plots and illicit undertakings I couldn't. There's <laughs> which this and the Uranus and Scorpio were really come into play more when we're looking at the uh, events that took place during the Plutonian returns, which is what I'm going to get to now. So we've, the first Plu- the first Pluto return that the Chosun Dynasty experienced would have been in one thousand, six hundred and thirty-six. On July seventh, of sixteen thirty-six, which would have been the however many centuries anniversary, would have been at Pluto would have been at twenty-eight degrees and five minutes in Taurus. So in this year, the Qin Dynasty decided to invade the Korean Peninsula. Talk about a big transformative event an invasion of the principal power that you've been paying tribute to and copying the philosophical ideals of trying to invade you that's a pretty big that's a pretty big drastic change but i, I should actually go into the little, little bit a little bit of background here the chin the the koreans had been paying tribute and they got their Conf, neo confucian ideals from the ming dynasty which is previous to the Qin dynasty so in 1636 was the second and successful chin invasion of the korean peninsula about 12 years earlier they had tried to the chin had tried to invade but had failed uh the the chosun army had was able to keep them out at, at bay but the reason they invaded the first time was because chosun refused to pay the tribute that china broadly had been expecting from them because the the chin was led by the Manchus and they were seen as barbarians by the uh, Chosun dynasty so they just refused and since that first invasion didn't work the second invasion the Chosun again did not take too seriously and the attempts to get tribute from them were largely ignored and the delegates from the chin were actually treated uh very poorly by according to contemporary records so just a lot of disrespect and big old china over there is getting mad about it the manchus decided that they were going to uh get that tribute one way or another and invaded the korean peninsula they lost <laughs> and had to accept uh quite a few terms of peace that uh, quite a few terms in order to maintain uh, peace so it was like nine points, and I'll just list them out here. Josun was to stop using Ming era names as well as abandoning using the Ming era seal, imperial patent, and jade books. Jiu-Sun offers the first and second sons of King Injo, which is the current king at that time, as well as the sons or brothers of ministers as hostages. Jiu-Sun accepts the Qing calendar. Jiu-Sun treats Qing as sovereign tributary overlord. Joseon sends troops and supplies to assist Qing in the war against the Ming. Ooh, that one. That one. That one must have hurt so bad for them because they really liked the Ming and now they had to assist in fighting against them. 6. Joseon offers warships for transporting of Qing soldiers. 7. The ministers of both Joseon and Qing become related in marriages. And 8. Joseon denies refugees from Qing territory. And that was another thing that was happening during this time was that anyone who was trying to run away from this just dis- this overthrow that was happening over in China especially if they were on the Ming side of things Koreans are like yeah man you can come over you can chill you can hang out we're friends we like you guys and that pissed ching off which is why they uh, they wrote it into the peace treaty that Joseon was to deny refugees from ching territory and then finally Joseon was not allowed to build castles. I don't know what that's about. I don't get that one, but I'm sure fans of Korean history or Qing history will understand what that is about. I don't. Alright, so in the aftermath, a Korean women who had been kidnapped and raped returned home to be shunned. Cuz, you lost your virtue. Always blame the victim. Always be blaming the victim. That is the point of Neo-Confucianism, is from what I I mean. A lot of times, a lot of these regressive philosophical ideals, it is usually that blame the victim. So... Anyway, Josun had to provide multiple princesses and a few so a few years later one of the the princes who was who was ascending to their throne demanded that Chosun multiple Joseon princesses become his concubines and they had to so during this time if you were a common woman and you became someone's concubine that was a step up even though your kids were considered illegitimate but for a princess to become a concubine that's a major step down. <laughs> Uh, th- I can't imagine the disrespect. Like, women were already so, like, especially women in power had, or within, like, the hi- higher hierarchies, because they didn't have power. And then, to to uh, as the, a princess, you're supposed to be the most protected, and you just become a concubine. I cannot imagine their distress at it. And... As someone who's reading about this, 400 years later, I feel sorry for them. And then, after this, Korean elites continued to talk crap about the Qing behind their backs, but they played nice to their faces. So, even though they acquiesced to all of their demands, nothing uh, they still didn't respect them. Which, I don't know, I don't know if that's really something that probably pretty common in world history, honestly. Especially when you're winning, losing things by war, and forcing people to do it as opposed to diplomacy yeah no all right the final pluto return this one's really interesting was on july seventh, 1881 and with this one it's uh so it was the year 1881 was the year of the return and it's at pluto is at 28 degrees 51 minutes in taurus oh so this year the king who was trying to be from what I've been able to gather, this king was trying to modernize Korea. This is after the West has completely dec- uh, um, cut, the, 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 cut the feet off of the Chinese Empire, um, forced Japan to open up its borders for trade, and French were French Catholicism was spreading through Korea. And so everyone knew that the change was coming, especially after seeing China fall, which was the preeminent power in the region. So they knew it was coming. But, you know, like the people didn't really like it. So in 1881, the year of the final Saturn return that the Chosun dynasty experienced, saw the formation of the byulgi which was an elite fighting force trained by a modernized Japan. And the person who was leading this training on behalf of the Japanese was Hiromoto Reijo. Yeah, so the point was to try and was to modernize Korean military. The This new, this Ryokigong received better treatment than the old Korean army and the Korean army had to have their pay suspended during this for like 13 months there was economic hardship going on in the Korean Peninsula during this time as well. So the king of Korea obviously knew that you don't not pay your soldiers. (laughs) And he did make it so that more than a month's wages was available to them. Still. Like, more than a month's wages in return for 13 months of work is kind of shit, but it is what it is. But the thing that made it worse is that the soldiers were getting rotten rice. The suspicion is probably corruption, because it's probably corruption, so that the the people in charge of distributing the rice, they kept the clean, not rotten rice, and gave the soldiers the rotten rice. And this directly led to what is called the Emo Incident, which happened in, in uh, the next year on July 23rd of 1882. and. Right on that day, Pluto went into zero degrees, zero minutes in Gemini. Gemini rules communications and information. And I find it very interesting that these soldiers and like peasants who like disgruntled citizenry also joined in this uh, incident. As soon as Pluto went into the sign of communication, everything went to shit. And like... I, I'm serious. They were, they, it, this, was a, this was a straight up uprising. Everything, all the sources call it like an incident or event or a riot. But let's be real, riots are the voices of the unheard. And 13 months of non-wages and then getting paid in rotten rice. That's, that's a reason for an uprising in my book. So let me read from Wikipedia here. The Emo Incident. I'll just call it the uprising why not let's get a little bit political here the emo uprising killed many government infli- officials destroyed homes of high government ministers that occupied, that were occupying the inner palace they also turned on members of the Japanese delegation in the city who barely escaped with the help of the British ship HMS flying fish so that's kind of neat. Uh, During the day of rioting, a number of Japanese were killed, including Hiromoto Reijo, and he was the guy who was training the the Byokigong, this new modernized elite army. The rioters also attacked the home of Min Gyeongho, who held joint appointments of the Minister of Military Affairs and High Official of the Agency to Bestow Blessings. I'm not quite sure what that agency to bestow blessings is about, but Minister of Military Affairs pretty clear, um, not paying the soldiers when you're the Minister of the Military Affairs kind of, kind of sus. Uh, they also lynched Lord Hyungin Yu Cheyong and attempted to murder Queen Min um, after they reached the, lower, the Royal Palace. So Queen Min, um, I'd love to look at her chart at some point, and I'll probably do that um, at some point in this podcast, but. The way she was, she escaped was um, a palace guard. She dressed up in peasants clothes and a palace guard pretended that she was his sister and that's how she was able to escape. So, smart lady. I like her, uh, glad that she wasn't too proud. I'm not into monarchies, but I, I like, you know, especially since women had so little power, it's kind of just kind of, I like seeing a woman get away without like getting raped and murdered, you know, it's nice. This, and so, and then, so this, this, about 15 years after this, um, is really when Korea fell due to an, a peasant's uprising. You can kind of point to this emo incident where there was soldiers, like common soldiers, and some citizenry just straight up destroying the palace, destroying people in power, and just the, the chaos from that. You could really see that laying the groundwork for the peasant uprisings that happened 14 years later and yeah so the the returns for this dynasty were honestly really dramatic it really more dramatic and distinct looking at the pluto returns for the english parliament um which saw some which with that with that one there were obviously some violence around these incidents but um especially with the joining of the two parliamentary houses that's that's like a a more positive spin on death and transformation but this uh, with the chosun dynasty each of their returns just saw A lot of death and a lot of destruction. And I wonder if that has something to do with it being in the sign of Taurus, which is such a fixed, stubborn sign. (laughs) I like, I, I, that, that would be my suspicion at this point. But, you know, hit me up in like a year after doing this and seeing where I land on that. But yeah, thanks for letting me be your guide on this journey of, astrological wonder <laughs> and i hope that you'll tune in for next week you want to find me online i am not consolidated under one banner, so for instagram i am witchy woven witchy underscore woven on twitch i am astro seeker generally record these on sunday nights um i'll try and be reasonable about when i record them as opposed to like right now it's 11 <laughs> But yeah, thank you for joining me, and I hope to see you guys next week. (laughs) Bye.